What's up, guys? Welcome to our Roman Amigos podcast. I'm Chef Diablo. This is episode two, and I'm with Chef Diego. And now, as promised, I'm here in his episode. We got the master. The master. Master G. Master G, a.k.a. Jerobis. He likes to be called Jerobis now. Jerobis. He's a diva. <laughs> All right, what's up, Jerobis? What's up, what's up? Thank you for coming to your own podcast. <laughs> so what's up, bud? Where are you from? Let them know. Um, Dominican Republic, from Jarabacoa. Jarabacoa, is that a big city? It's yeah, it's actually um, it became a, a quite beautiful city now. It's very beautiful by the mountains area, very tropical. Beautiful flowers out there, beautiful ladies, and oh. guys too. Mahoma. <laughs> farmland. Yeah, yeah, farmland. Yeah. So you used to have a farm? My family. Uh, we're originally from La Sidra. Oh, you worked on the farm? I helped out on the farm, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yes, of course, milk cows too and everything. Why you decided to get into this bartending mythology world? Honestly, I got interested when I was like 12 years old. Um, it was around December, school was out. You know, I was just flipping channels. During that time, my family, we used to live in the basement. And I was just flipping channels, and accidentally I flipped into one of uh, TNT. And there was this guy at the beach, looked very tropical, and he was making all these beautiful, like, cocktails that were all, like, colorful. Some was, like, orange, red. I'm assuming that had to be um, the tequila sunrise that he was making at that part. And it was just something about that scene that just caught my attention. And, um, I don't know, like after like I finished watching the movie, like I went into my mother's fridge in the kitchen and I was just playing around with whatever she had there. So she had like soda and I would mix like soda with like orange juice and stuff, like trying to recreate some some cocktail from the scene. And I just got inspired by it, honestly. What movie was this? That at that time moment I did not know who was the actor or what movie that was. Okay. Honestly, it was years after when I was um on Hollywood Video, if anybody remembers that, by, by Wyckoff. Mm, okay, yeah. yeah, I was with my stepfather. We was looking like for movies to rent. And the movie just happened to be there when I was walking by the aisle. I see this gentleman, you know, with the bar and everything. It just was Tom Cruise, cocktail, the movie. Right, yeah, Great movie, movie. recommended. Good movie. Good movie. What they, they saying? Um, cocktails and Dreams. Cocktails and Dreams, yeah, yeah. With the neon lights. That was the that was the name of the bar in the end, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was actually um the name of the bar uh the name of the bar that he decided to go for. It was gonna be him and his partner. But it's a, it's a really good movie. I don't want to spoil it for those that haven't seen it yet. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a really good movie. You guys should check it out. So what what um inspired you to create these loving cocktails that all your all the people come and brag about? The diverse from from uh, the cocktail movie. Yeah, if yeah, it wasn't for that, yeah. we would never have a... No, no, definitely not. Yeah, like, that, that was what gave me the inspiration and the, the motive, like, to do it. And then, you know, like, like I said, you know, I started getting creative with it, and, you know, obviously people kept telling me it was really good, you know, keep doing it, you know, keep, you know, keep pushing forward with it, and, yeah, that's, from there on, it just kept going after that. So do you consider yourself a mixologist? a bartender and if whichever one what's the difference so there are those that 
that give like titles to it. Me personally, like I play around with it and everything, but like I never actually gave myself an actual title. I've always said like um, I'm a student of the art because I'm always learning. There's always something new to learn off the craft. There's always like another fruit that people play with. If it's not a fruit, it's a spice, um, it's an herb, or even beers, wines, especially now that everybody's like getting more involved with the scientific of the craft itself now. Yeah. There's always, there's always something to learn, something changing, science, technology is changing, you know, things like that. It's really good. So, what do you feel like if you were to, if you were to describe yourself between a bartender, which I know you do that's work. In my opinion, I'll tell you my opinion first before I ask you yours. Uh-huh. My opinion is a mixologist is the one that combines and creates, right? And a bartender is the one that consistently puts out. They can also create, but normally they'll put out cocktails. They'll make them. They're faster. They're, um, you know, they follow the recipes and they put them out. Same thing, similar to like a, a line cook. Yeah. They're like, you know, that's what I feel like a bartender is. So, yeah, like when, if, if we were to like break them down, um, a mixologist is, yeah, definitely is the one that creates the craft behind them. They're usually other ones that decides to play around with like spices, herbs, fruits, and they'll create this craft and then they'll present it to to, a, to the bartender. Um, bartenders usually cut corners because they want the drinks, yeah, they'll come out, you know, consistent. They want the drinks to come out consistent, but they'll try to make it faster by cutting the corners. So let's say if the fruits needs to be muddled, um, then the, the bartender will usually be like, Okay, like, like, can we make like a puree out of it? So it could be like a, a, a faster way for them to, to deliver the cocktail, especially if it's a very busy bar. Got it. You know, mixologists are usually like, are in the back scene, they'll create the craft, they'll train them, they'll present them, they'll create the whole menu, and then the bartenders will usually start cutting corners. Or it could just be both. A bartender mixologist could be, you know, one and, one person. and they'll create the craft themselves out of it. When you when you create all the all your cocktails, do you, are you like um, do you have a method or do you just uh, is it like what's seasonal? Is it like what you're feeling? Is it a feeling when you create the cocktails? Is it like all right, it's like you know like um, uh, apples are in season, so we're gonna do apples, you know? Or is it like it's winter, spring, fall, summer? I'm gonna do this, or like you know the popular liquor came out and I'm gonna try this. Like, what's your inspiration? What are you, what do you, how do you come up with your cocktails? So, yeah, I definitely do it by the, the season. Um, so, as you said, like, if it's apple, I would definitely, like, play around with apple. Usually my go-to, because I like to, I like my, my specialty in, in the craft is complexity. So, I like to create um, cocktails that have a complex of a mixture of things. So, if it's apple, I always like to go with, like, a cider beer. I'll mix, you know, let's say like rum or any type of other liqueurs, mix it with with apple cider beer. And as in for sweetness, I'll use like uh, cinnamon syrup. That's just an example. Like to create kind of like an apple pie spice, like cocktail type of thing. Um, So I definitely grab inspiration of it through the season, fall, spring, summer. When I'm in the zone, like I just get in the zone and I just get creative with the cocktails out of it. After so when you create these cocktails, uh-huh. the, 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 from, from you to the bartender, 
the teaching moment, do you find it's, it, it, will, it becomes different and difficult to teach your recipes to a bartender, knowing the fact that they might switch it up? Or do you, because you know, like you said, they, they try to cut corners sometimes you know, to make their life easier. Or is it your cocktails? Do you think about how it will work in a busier, like you said, busier bar? Do you plan it ahead of time? Like, do you yourself cut it down so you can make sure your cocktails are consistent? Yeah. So that's a good question because actually in the beginning, um, it was very difficult. I'm still in that in that stage of development still, where to teach you know the the next upcoming bartenders of, of creating the craft. Um, because when I create the, the, the cocktail, um, I'm like, like I said earlier, like I'm in the zone and I forget like, oh wait, I have to, you know, think about the others on how to make it easier for them, for them to make the cocktails, make sure that it comes out consistent. Um, so my process on that, what I've learned is, um, as I mentioned, wait, uh, like, you know, in prior in earlier conversation of the, the purees. Before, in the beginning, I used to make everything just at the moment, like, okay, cut up these fruits, muddle it, this and that. Now I'm like, okay, now I gotta make uh, purees of it. So it could be a little bit easier for them. Or if not, like, I'll make patches and they could just, like, follow the recipes that were sent out. And it could be consistent from that, from those um, patches that, that we make on those cocktails. So like I said, you know, I'm, I'm still learning uh, as we go um to you know to better the team and to develop you know within the culture itself oh nice okay sounds good and when we um what is what is like since you say you're from uh, what is it harbor vacoa from dominican republic right yeah have you created any drinks that are inspired by that by so that, that actually yeah um this was in 20 um it was 2018. It was 2018 when I went back with my father. Um, it was 2018 when I went back to my, with my father to Dominican Republic. It actually was the first time I traveled back with my dad, you know, um, to DR. And when we was at his gazebo, um, he has that whole, his whole garden is filled with hibiscus. At first I didn't know it was hibiscus, funny. I didn't know it was um, hibiscus, and I asked him what, what was those flowers, and he told me, oh, that's um, hibiscus. So I decided like to create a hibiscus uh, cocktail with that, and I, made, I mixed that up with passion fruit. I mixed that up with passion fruit because he also has a passion fruit tree in the house, and I mixed that up. I used, um, I used uh, what rum was it? It was um, Brugal. I used Brugal Añejo. Mix it up with pat with fresh passion fruit juice, and I made the hibiscus syrup out of it. And it came out actually quite good. I actually have a picture of it on my IG of it. It's, it's a really good cocktail. Tree. The actual the, the actual tree of the passion fruit, and the, the whole garden was filled with hibiscus, and that caught my attention. And I made yeah, I made a I made that cocktail. It's a very simple ingredient. Oh, and I forgot. And of course, I added um, Dominican red wine, which was vino tinto that he had in the house. So it was pretty much whatever he had in the house. And I created that cocktail for, for the whole family that were all there. I made like a big, huge punch out of it um, because it was a, a little uh, get together. It was like a welcoming, welcoming me back to Harabacoa. It was, it's been years I didn't visit until 2018 when I went back. Mm -hmm. 
So you were born over there or here? I was born over there and I came to the U.S. when I was like a few months, almost. Like a baby? Uh, yeah, like a baby. And then I was sent back when my parents divorced when I was like one years old. And then I came back when I was six. And then ever since six, I was going like back and forward until 13 or 14, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I didn't go back after that. And then 2018, it was actually my my uh, my older sister, um, Adi, okay. that took me back with my dad over there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. Mm. It was just you know time. I was just busy working and stuff. And every time everybody would go out there, I never took time to like visit. And that was just time went by quick. Making these uh, tropical cocktails. Um, in my experience cooking and, and you know working in restaurants, I see different bartenders, Americans, Italians, Greeks. I met a lot of people too. Um, with passion, like he has making his own. Um, there is only a few. And I'm really proud of uh, this guy that, that he sticks to to this direction and follow his passion for it. Uh, you're only gonna see a few people really, really pushing to the limit of getting um, getting things done the way they wanna be see it to the public to the delivery the, the product to, to the customers I mean it's just not gonna be only customers it could be for family that he was talking about when he goes back to to his uh, town um, this all always a passion for it uh, I remember somebody told me you can have the, the recipe can follow the recipe but what it makes you unique or special is what, what, what you put into it even if it's just to make it or love for it and, and we all we all have a significant um, product in our heart um, it's not just gonna be just to, to cook or, for, or to work, it's always about um, what it makes you feel happy for. If you're not happy with it. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Chef Diego. Um, he has a passion for his craft, like you have a passion for cooking. We also have passion for everything I do. Um, you know, it's like, you know, many things and aspects in life, we have to put our heart into it, and that's something that everybody sees that you do with your cocktails, with your plates, with your food, you know, with running a business, with restaurants, where we run things, we gotta put our passion to it, or it's never gonna be successful. But you know, many cocktails that you created that I've I've enjoyed, um, you know, there's many cocktails, like I like the one of the cocktails you make is called the, the Liddy, I believe. Oh, the Liddy, yeah. 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 That's, that's, that that's one of the ones I love. Um, there's a few other ones. There's the winter one you made with the Applejack. That was one of my favorite ones, too. Yeah, the Ruby Winter. Yes. That was a Ruby Winter one. Yeah, yeah that was Applejack. 
uh, raspberry puree with, um, with cider beer. Yeah. There's more into it too, but you know, yeah. there's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of spices behind that yeah. cocktail. Yeah. But that's a good thing. It, your cocktails are not. I mean, I have a sweet tooth, like you always tell me. Oh, you know, you you you, you, you like oh, you always well, you call me Theo. So I'll say hmm. that. I look at uh, Jerob as like a nephew, and he calls me Theo. So if you hear him slip and say Theo and say something, that's he's speaking to me, uh, Chef Diablo. So basically, many of the cocktails he makes, I try to taste, but he knows that I have a sweet tooth. So he knows that the bitter stuff or the sour stuff I won't like, or the ones that are high in uh, flavor, like whiskey flavor or something I won't like. But yeah. the majority of the time, you know, I enjoy all the cocktails. And he um, he makes everything uh, according to you know, measurements. Everything is precise. Everything is precision, down from the syrup to the ice cubes used to the garnishes. You know, and I was there from like part of the learning experience that you had when we, had, when we first met. Um, that's a story from another episode. <laughs> when we first met, yeah. pretty much, you know, I saw he came in. He sat down. I was actually uh, being learning bartending at that point. You know, I knew how to do some of the stuff, but I wasn't. You know, it was my first time in the, around actually bartending. And he came. He sat at the bar quietly, asked for beer, and you know, he loves his craft so much. He was actually reading and writing uh, down things that he was uh, learning. So you can see that I could have said right away, and then we started getting along talking about. Cocktails and infusions and stuff like that of liquor. That's when I first started. Diallo was that. making drinks. <laughs> yes, it was. It was actually it was, and I was not bad. Like, no, no, yeah, yeah, it drinks. wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was a uh, a lot of a. Uh, it, it was definitely classic cocktails, but mm. it was with your own twist, twist to it. Yeah. So it was definitely quite, quite, quite interesting, especially with the, the mojito twist that you mm. did with the champagne. Ah, it yes. was like raspberry with, was with the, a fizz. It was a very berry mojito. Yeah, it was like a fizz type. Yeah, it was really good. yeah a couple of things. It was, it was, you know, a couple of things I see it picked up. You know, I like to look and do research, but I don't like, that's not my thing. But when we met, you know, I asked you to come in, you helped me, and you did it, you know. You, you did it. And where, where we're at today, we're a big family now. Yeah. yeah. Five years. The three amigos. Five, five years. years of knowing your Robles. Yeah, and then about almost 10 years of knowing Chef uh, Diego. More, more than 10, yeah. <laughs> but it's been, you know. It's been, it's been how was actually that, that encounter with you guys? How do you guys get get started within the, the restaurant culture? Like, what really, like, like you guys already learned a little bit of what motivated me between the cocktail craft. How about the, the culinary culture? Well, what motivated, what motivated me? was when I was younger, uh, I, didn't, I had a knack for cooking. I learned like how to make eggs and things when I was younger. Um, a lot of breakfast items my mom would teach me. Like, the majority of the time she was at work and I would have to cook. So when I was like eight, nine, I would learn little things. And then, you know, one day I just, for some reason, I took some crayons and some paper and I made like a fake menu. Like with like, oh, an egg and the bread and you know, little things, milk and cereal. And then my um, my um, my family would sit down, and it was very rare at that time. They would never. Eventually, as I turned 11 and stuff, nobody was home. So um, at that time, they sat down very rarely, usually like on the weekends. And 
they sat down and they took the menu, they read it, they ordered something, and I would make it. My mom would actually come in and help me make it. Then I would watch her cook and everything, and she um, she taught me little things here and there. And after that, I created uh, Yeah, so that's how I kind of started that journey. And from there, everybody was like, you know, took a, I took a pause and I got into computers. Um, and then, like, I wasn't so into cooking. It was just like a moment when I was younger. But then I got into computers. And computers was my life. Like, I loved computers in and out. I used to take them apart, put them back together. I was like 10, 11 years old with tools, messing them up. And my brother had a friend that fixed them, so it wasn't an issue. But, you know, things like that. And then later on, my eventually my sister got married, and they don't cook. So so when they got married, their, their spouses cook. And I saw the guys cook. And then I started learning from one of my, my brother-in-laws at that time. They're not together no more. But he was German, I believe, Irish, and like another thing. I'm not too sure. But he would do all the American food. Mac, mac and cheese, mashed potato things, meatloaves. He would cook like on the book by the recipes from his parents, like passed down. You know, that's how he learned. Then my other brother-in-law was the creative one. Like he would cook any, 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 any cuisine. He'll go to Chinatown, he'll walk down. If he doesn't know, recognize an item and he could, he could cook with it, he'll bring it, cook it, do something with it. But I learned that creative, like to think out of the box from him. And then like following recipes and everything from the other brother-in-law. And then the other brother-in-law pushed me to go to culinary school. Because I picked up all the recipes that he made, I picked it up fast. So the first two Thanksgivings with him, um, he, 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 I helped him out. And then after that, I liked it so much that every Thanksgiving I started cooking. So for like you know, seven years, eight years, I was cooking Thanksgiving for the family. My family's big. Well, not, you know, not like your family, but my family is big. We're the ones that were here. And that's how it would be. And, and then I became, I, you know, I wanted to go to culinary school. But it wasn't, you know, I was budgeting. You know, mom didn't want to send me at that time because I was, like, not a good student. Not a good son at that moment. So she didn't how, trust how, that. How old were you actually during that time on the culinary? School? Yeah. I was, um, I believe it was 20. 20? Oh, wow. Yeah. But after I got out of, I just from seven, after I got out of high school at 17, 18, 19, 20, it was like, I, I, you know, I, I was working, but I didn't want to go to school, really. My mom, I asked her, because I needed her help. Sally Mae, like, that garbage loan place, you know, like, always messes you up. But they were the only option, and they needed, like, a, your co-signing parent at that time. But she didn't want to do, you know, it was just too much of a burden. But for it, the culinary school I went to was uh, wasn't like a like a full degree. It was six months, and then you, but it was an intense six months. And then at the last two months, they threw you in the because they also had a restaurant. They put you in the restaurant to work to learn those skills to, to tap into those skills that you learned. So it wasn't all books. You know I mean, so that's what's there. A lot of culinary schools, from my knowledge, I mean, this is when, this is 2023. Back then, uh, you know, they usually teach you and then at the end you get an internship with whatever restaurant but this school you in order to graduate you get an internship but my school had its own restaurant so they, they use it as a level of you know, school 
I learned from there. Um, I can say, like I said in the last episode, we spoke about this uh, gentleman named Antonio that we both worked with first. That's how we met. And we learned a lot from him. But what I learned from him was, and like I said in the previous episode, was that you don't need that degree. The degree really taught me, like, the pricings, the business aspect of it, the budgeting, things like that and the rules and regulations of New York and some other states. But when it comes to like the speed, the quick thinking on how to like change things, like say you, say you burn something, how to really quickly jump back into that, it, it was, I was learned on hands-on. So, so you had to learn that hands-on. Or like the, the policy and the procedure of it. Yeah, basically all the, uh, basically all the book stuff. All the book stuff I, I learned from school. And I, I mean, I known in the business now, I utilize all of it. I mean, many times I spoke to you about the liquor, how to break down. And how yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So it's like those things I learned from school. Even though I double check it now, I it does it makes sense to me, you know, the, the whole formula. You know, so budgeting, plate cost, liquor cost, things like that. That's what they teach you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love cooking. I love creating. And it's, you know, I always think out of the box when I cook. You know, I always, like I tell uh, Chef Diego all the time, I, I, I come up with my recipes best when I'm hungry. So I like, I'm hungry, now I come up with recipes. And those are the times when I don't make like eggs and bacon. I'll make like eggs, omelet with bacon and like whatever is the like, corn and like, like pico de gallo on top and, you know, uh, vida verde sauce. That, that's me like I have to be hungry that's when I pull up our bread like the infamous yeah. pull up our bread at cream that's you know that's uh, something I created really really hungry you know I was like why don't you put cheese this dine and dirty can't give you away my recipes yet but you know, uh -huh. you know. no but yeah speaking about cheese though um, well, what about like when you guys went like that whole trending situation with the whole beer tacos how, how was that Diego for you how you created that Everybody was doing uh, Beria Tacos at that moment. Um, well, New York City and a lot of states in the um, United States are popular now because of the Beria Tacos. Um, what, what it makes different, my Beria Tacos, is that I use short ribs. And, um, and it's not nothing really special on the sauce and the marinade, but it's basically the tender from the short ribs and the slug, the, the cooking time. So yeah, um, and it became uh, popular in cream. Since that time, it's it's on the menu. Um, there is people that come just for, for the very tacos. <laughs> um, but you know, there is a lot of more dishes that we have in, in, in the restaurant. Um, it's just, you know, something that was special that, on that time. What makes you special? Well, make the technique that you do, because it doesn't look like normal people birria tacos. Yeah, it's really good. It's like, really I, good. I, I, I've, I've had different birria tacos mm -hmm. from other restaurants, and yeah, and yours definitely takes yours, the cake right your, now. Yeah, yours. Yeah, see how we see how we do it. Like I'm with you in the kitchen, but um, the way you decided to present it and do it and cook it, it's really I, you could taste the flavor stand out. So like, what is your? Why do you why do you cook? the birria tacos the way you do sometimes the the, the what it makes a special a dish or unique 
is what some somebody told me before. Um, it's not just the recipe by itself, but it's it's the process. The process that that, that is it's involved to present the, the recipe in what it makes special the dish. And I believe the process that it has the the, the barrier in the whole thing. It's 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 special and unique. Plus, you know, honestly, the birria tacos. What I like about the birria tacos is what it what it has because it has the cheese and it's crispy. The ones that that I make, it has to be not super crispy, but it has to to have that crunch. And you know, it's not just regular uh, tacos that we get in other. Uh, food trucks or, or restaurants um, is actually special because it's it's the process that that is involved oh. all right so we'll wrap this up we'll introduce the introduce you Jerobis, aka master g used to known as master g <laughs> formerly known Imagine. as master g <laughs> <laughs> i imagine